In case you missed the big announcement on last week's episode, Themis Bar Review is now the official season sponsor for Legally NYC. You may be thinking, why is a bar review company sponsoring a podcast that is focused on law school life? Well, the easy answer is that Themis is so much more than just bar prep. Their resources for law school are second to none, not to mention they are free. They have law school essentials courses for 1Ls and for those in their 2L or 3L years. Each course features online videos, comprehensive outlines, and even practice questions so you can test your knowledge before it's tested on your final exams and eventually on the bar exam. If you haven't seen a Themis attorney rep on your campus and are looking for free law school essentials materials, sign up for it at themisbarsocial.com slash legally NYC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi besties and bitches, welcome back to another episode of Legally NYC. This is your host Erin, and I am here with you today, sitting on my bed, because I'm sleepy, but I would not deprive you of a podcast two weeks in a row. So this week, we are going to be talking, some like updates, how my semester is going, and then the main chunk of the episode will be about cover letters and resumes from an outline written by chat gpt gpd gpt gp yeah i think gpt sounds right to me because i was going to do a cover letters and resume episode anyway because i'm working on my um applications for summer internships and Megan was like, why don't you ask chat GPT to write you a podcast episode? And I was like, I'm going to have it write me an outline so I will actually like follow along and be cohesive, which is good because I did not take my ADHD meds today. So otherwise, you all know that this episode would be going backwards, forwards, up, down, backwards again because we missed something, then forwards again, and then lopsided, and then twisty, twisty, twist really quick to the end. So that's what we have for you today. But yeah, welcome to another episode. Okay, I did just turn my air purifier off because I realized that it was in the background going, hmm. So I apologize for that in the first like 30 seconds. That was actually a full minute. That intro was a minute. That's interesting. I have no sense of time. Anyway, okay, so today we are talking cover letters and resumes. But first, quick little update, and then I'll do a little intro chat GPT wrote for me, which is, I just find it funny. If you guys haven't, like, looked up chat GPT yet, it's entertaining. It's a, um, what's that called? Artificial intelligence, like, 
thing and it can like answer questions for you but it only has like thorough information like complete information for things before 2020 I think or before 2019 there's like a cutoff so it doesn't like know all new current things you can't ask it to stalk people for you um we did try that last week we tried we tried it to have it do a couple weird things that it wouldn't do but um it's fun I'm a little concerned about the okay sorry um was having mic issues but anyway i'm just a little concerned about the legal implications of it because there's no laws around it it's new technology like can it be used to create things would it be like scamming if people are like oh, i'll write cover letters for you but then they just ask like chat gpt to write them issues with like schools and plagiarism with no rules about like how are they gonna know if somebody had like an ai thing like chat gpt write something for them because it's writing like a unique thing every time but it is plagiarizing because you're putting out work that's not yours as if it is your own but then could you argue that it is your own because you like asked the question and put like the formula almost in to have the output that you wanted so it's just a little messy but I think it's fun to play with and it was fun to use to make an outline for this episode um but I wouldn't use it for anything that you're like, I don't know about that. Like, don't use it to write essays. Don't use it to, like, write your cover letters. Maybe, like, a base cover letter could be good. Um, oh, I need to cut this string off my pillow. This letter is going to pull right out. Sorry, I got distracted. Anyway, but so I wouldn't do it for anything that you're like, hmm, should I not use it? If you're wondering, you probably shouldn't. But it's fun to play with, to ask it funny questions and stuff and have it write you poems. I had it write me a poem last week that was fun. Write like a podcast outline. Um, Megan had it write her caption for her Instagram post the other day. You can have it like title things for you. That can be fun. Um, but yeah, so fun to play with. And that's what we're doing today. Um, but before we jump into that, just some little semester life updates. I'm definitely behind on reading. I'm not going to lie to you. I told you that we do check-ins throughout the semester in this check-ins, check-ins, check-ins. That was said weird. Anyway, um, and I'm not going to lie. I did get a little behind on reading because I'm very distractible and my brain has decided that it has too many things to do, so it must do nothing. But if it will do anything, um, it will not do something on my to-do list. It will instead, like, hyperfixate on a person because that's fun and why not? And be like, ooh, this guy seems interesting. Let's just learn everything about him. So um, that's where the brain's at. It's too busy being overwhelmed and then distracting itself with boys. So we love that. But anyway, continuing on. Um, I'm trying to get myself back on track. My note for my journal is due in two weeks. I'm done with my, like, footnote editing assignments, my CNS assignments for my journal. That last one was due last Friday, so that was nice to, like, kind of, like, be like, whew, that's done. Um, the note's due in, like, two weeks. That'll be amazing. Very, very busy with my clinic, but got, like, an evidentiary hearing simulation coming up. In March, so that'll be fun. Mine is March 20th. Some of them are the week before, so like my birthday week. So I'm happy mine's not on my birthday, um, on my birthday week. But so that'll be in March. That'll be fun. Got partnered with someone I've worked with before on an assignment. He seems good, so we'll see, we'll see. Um, just kidding, he's great. But um, so yeah, that'll be fun. But those are my updates. I don't really have anything juicy for you other than the fact that my brain has decided to obsess over a new man but you guys don't get any details about that because 
you never know who's listening. And this is a podcast about law school life. If anything actually happened there, though, I'd give you the juicy details, but nothing right now. Anyway, so um, let's dive in to the topic, I guess. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, so this is where we get our fun little topic intro from chat GPT. Um, so it titled the episode for me. So if you're wondering where the title came from and why it's so long, it's chat GPT's fault. It titled it, Securing Your Dream Summer Legal Internship, How to Craft a Compelling Cover Letter and Resume. And what I asked it to do was write me a podcast outline about cover letters and resumes for summer legal internships. So that's what it did. So um, we shall be starting with an introduction today. Then we will go into part one, writing an effective cover letter for a legal internship. And then we'll do part two, crafting a compelling legal internship resume. And then part three, putting it all together. And then conclusion. So let's get right into that intro as ChatGPT has recommended. So a brief introduction of the topic of cover letters and resumes for summer legal internships. So um, if you're in law school, you've had to make a resume because you had to use a resume to apply to law school. You had to upload your resume, so you've made one. But the resume formatting for legal internships can be a bit different because it is geared specifically um, at what these firms and like legal nonprofits and stuff are looking for. So like at the top, you'll have your education. So like you'll have your undergrad info, your GPA from that, um, all that fun jazz. And it'll be formatted usually a specific way. Generally, your career services will have examples of like what a, a law student resume looks like. So you're going to want to follow their example because it's what... Um, places will expect when looking so they know where to look for everything they'll know okay so your gpa is at the top your class rank is here if you have that on there your um experience will be here your other things will be here so you'll want to kind of follow that format excuse me it is 10 45 i'm sleepy but you'll want to follow that format um and then cover letters go along with resumes if you've never had a job and never had to do a cover letter i am jealous of you i absolutely hate writing cover letters that's one of those things that i like my ADHD fights me so much on because I'm like, why do I have to write about myself when you're just going to ask me about it in the interview and when my resume already talks about a lot of the things, but cover letters can be really, really helpful because you can expand on something from your resume that you want them to know more about, um, or depending on the type of job you're applying for, which I'll get into when we really dive into cover letters in a moment. We get to it on the outline, but um, so it can be helpful to expand on something or talk about something that maybe didn't fit on your resume because it's not something that would go on a resume, which I kind of did use in a cover letter I just wrote. And I 
If you guys ask, I would probably share examples of my resume and cover letter, but I don't think I'd post them anywhere. But if anybody wants one, like I, I would send it to you um, with my address and stuff marked off, of course. But I would like share with you my stuff so you can see what it looks like. I am happy to do that. Happy to help out however I can. Reach out with any specific questions as well. We do not cover them today. Um, if we don't cover it today, blame chat GPT because I let it write the outline. Anyway, um, okay, chat GPT also says to discuss the competitive nature of the application process and the importance of standing out from the crowd. So I would say, um, we're all law students, we're all applying for the same types of jobs, so you want to make yourself stand out in some way on your cover letter or resume, and it's, it can be hard to stand out on a resume unless you've really had a unique job or experience because it's you're not writing a lot. So a cover letter can help you stand out from the crowd when it's a bunch of law students that are almost carbon copies of you, it seems like, otherwise applying for the same jobs. So I would say how that fits in, and I apologize for my yawns. I am sleepy. Um... Oh, yeah. And then, so a strong cover letter and resume can showcase a candidate's strengths and potential contributions to a law firm or legal organization. And that would be in terms of how you write it or how you shape your resume and how you like emphasize certain things and what you choose to highlight in your cover letter. Um, so let's dive into part one, writing an effective cover letter for a legal internship. Define what a cover letter is and its purpose in the application process. So a cover letter is a letter you write to go along with your resume. So a job will usually say resume and cover letter, email here, upload here, or whatever. Um, so the purpose of it is to get to know you beyond your resume. So like I said, your resume can be kind of like dry. Like it kind of is just like, this is what you did. These are the experiences you've had. These are These were your responsibilities at these jobs or in these volunteer positions. I need to stop yawning, I need to wake up. But um, a cover letter helps to connect. So a few things that you can cover in a cover letter, why you want this specific job, why you are good for this job, and explaining further how an experience you've had in the past, um, or giving, sorry, giving, describing an experience from the past in a way that will like show your assets um and how those would be beneficial in this role or how it got you to where you are and that I will say depends on if you're applying to a law firm like private firm versus applying to a nonprofit. so if you're applying to a nonprofit or some type of charity government organization um but specifically nonprofits. In a cover letter for that, which Career Services has told me this, and I've found it to be true, you really want to emphasize why, like, that you care about the work they're doing, because they do a lot of work there, and a lot of times it's unpaid. Um, for me, through my school, I can get um, our, we have a stipend that you can get, but, like, a lot of those internships I'm applying for in the immigration field are unpaid, because they're at these nonprofits, so, like, if you express your interest in the area, they'll know that you'll really want to like put in the work when you're there and that you actually care about their mission because those are the types of people they want. They're people that are passionate about the work because then you'll you'll work harder because you actually care about it. Whereas a law firm, it's like you're getting paid and yeah, they want you to like want to do the work that you're doing, 
but it's they don't care as much about you like caring about their mission because they're just they're a law firm they probably cover lots of different things unless it's like a if it's like a very niche law firm like it's kind of a boutique one they only have one or two practice it um areas of practice then it can be good to emphasize that but regardless it's good to emphasize in a cover letter especially for nonprofits why you're interested in the work they're doing um which is kind of the fun part about applying to jobs is being like why do I want to apply here but it, it can be tedious to have to write it for different jobs but once you have a baseline cover letter it's very oh my god I am tired I might just go to bed after this and not do my readings. Don't tell my professors. Maybe I'll go to bed and get up early and do my readings because I'm really, really tired. Anyway, um, what was I saying? My brain has gone blank. Cover letters, cover letters, cover, 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 cover letters. You can show what to do why is my brain gone blank and I'm singing to you I really do need to go to bed okay anyway well we'll just talk about something else instead having to do with cover letters um so it allows you to showcase something that maybe wasn't on your resume so maybe there's an experience that you had volunteering somewhere but like you can only fit so many things on your resume but maybe it like really resonates with you and that's why you want to work here like I I'm applying to like immigration law nonprofits and I like to talk about my work that I did at the elementary school when I was in San Diego because I saw the effects that um, immigration had on the families. Like we had a student whose whole family had to move because her um, father was undocumented. So they had to like move further away from the border because there was like lots of ICE um, agents there looking for people that were undocumented at the time. So I really am tired. I swear I'm passionate about this. I'm just really sleepy, so I keep yawning. But so um, that's part of what got me interested in immigration law in the first place, because I've seen the negative effects that it had on people, um, my students that I cared about. So I like to talk about that in my cover letter. And that's not something that's on my resume anymore, except for like being like Mulvaney Center CASA program. So being able to exp like under my undergrad experiences because it does not it doesn't fit on like my experiences where I describe them anymore because I I've had a lot of jobs and a lot of externships which not everybody does so you might have room for these things but I personally have done a lot of different things so I don't have room for everything um, and that's partially because I took some time off before law school so I've that and I did a summer externship uh, internship and then I also did a fall externship and now I'm in a clinic so I've just had a lot of different experiences um instead of staying in the same place for a long time so that's just so I have a lot of things on there but so being able to then expand in my cover letter about why I care about immigration law and why I'd like to work in this position um is really nice to kind of show why I want to work here so I think that's the most important thing to think about when writing a cover letter is to think about why you want to work there and then um and in doing that you also want to be personalizing making it relevant and i don't know why it says a clear call to action in chat gpt we're going to ignore that um because i i don't i probably will explain that but in different words though that wording of that just isn't making sense to me um but you're personalizing it by saying why you want to work at this firm so don't just be like I want to work in immigration law because of this like the place I'm applying to 
works which like if that's all you have like okay it's better than nothing but like really trying to personalize it by thinking about something specific about the work that they do so like this one place i'm applying to they work with domestic violence victims and helping them with their immigration and family law matters because if you're dealing with a domestic violence situation a lot of times like those those can not not a lot of times those really just are those are tough to get out of sometimes more so than others but so um and part of the reason it might be tough is because you might be like relying on them for like your green card status or something or you're here on like a fiance visa with them or you're married and if you're not married like that's that's how you got here you know like maybe you're on um maybe you got your visa because you're married so i really like the idea of this organization because it's like targeting this group of people that often are in need of this help and they might not otherwise know where to go or have somewhere to go but because this organization is so focused on helping these people that are in these tough situations but with these niche areas of law being like we see how these two areas of law um these two law issues issues kind I'm very tired. We're going to call them issues. These two issues come into play and maybe even deciding if you want to try to, if you can try to get out of a domestic violence situation. Obviously, you'll want to if you realize you're in it. It might be tough where you don't realize as well. Like if you're so kind of intertwined in it, it's been going on for so long. But if you do know you're like, I need to get out, but I can't because like I have my visa with them. Organizations like this can help even just like bring awareness of like you can get out there are other ways to get your green card There are ways to stay here because like we don't want you staying in that situation because that's not good for anyone involved um, It's not good for you if you have children. It's not good for them. So um, So something like that's so, like really looking into the work that they do and like explain like tying in like you do this work and I really want to do this work too because of this so this is why I want to work for you instead of just being like a boilerplate cover letter and as I was saying before it's good to have a like a mock-up like draft of like what your baseline cover letter looks like um and you can have different ones for different areas of loss like I have one that I use as like my, my immigration based one and then I'll change one of the paragraphs to really focus in on the work that that specific place is doing um and then like tie that in throughout in little ways but like you're going to describe yourself in the same way in many respects so it doesn't make sense to write a brand new cover letter every time but just like tying your cover letter which is your letter about you and something that you want to expand on or talk about from your resume or something new that's not on it um having that baseline kind of ready so then you can go and just change things as needed to make it pertinent to the job you're applying for um, and I think that's the biggest thing about cover letters, especially with nonprofits. With firms, it's can be more important to emphasize what you can bring to the organization because, like I said, everybody kind of looks the same on paper a lot of times. We're all law students. We've all got we're all smart. That's how we're in law school. Um, we've all done like internships in our one L summer. Um, not everyone, but most people. So finding a way to stand out is talking about what unique experiences or skills you might have or ideas that you might have that could add to the firm. And that's good to bring up as well in the nonprofit situation. But in the law firm situation, you want to focus mainly on your skills. Um, whereas in the nonprofit, you want to put that emphasis more on the like why you care about the work and why you want to do this work. So both are important, but it's like the emphasis is just like shifted the balance of it a little bit between the two. 
um, provide ChatGPT says to provide tips for researching the law firm or legal organization and tailoring the cover letter to their values and priorities. So we talked about the tailoring it to their mission and stuff and talking about why you care about their mission. Um, but I'll give you some tips for researching the law firm or legal organization. Um, so you want to look on the firm or nonprofit's website, very important. Look on their website, see what they say about themselves. Look on their LinkedIn, see what they say about themselves. And then you can look online at like reviews from people that have worked there and what they say about the firm. Um, and that can be helpful to in deciding if you want to apply somewhere or deciding if you want to like accept a position later on in the interview process. But um, I talked about that, I think in the last episode I did or a couple episodes ago, we talked about up summer internship applications, where to apply. But um, yeah, so like LinkedIn, their website, those are good places. Uh, reach out to alumni from your school that work there or that used to work there. Um, or you can just cold email someone that works there that you have a connection to in some other way. If you have a connect, if you know someone there, reach out to them, get in touch with whoever you can. So you can reach out to someone you know, you can cold email an alumni or ask someone to like um introduce you to the alumni the alum alumni is plural to the alum (laughs) um you can look at their website you can look at their linkedin all that fun stuff you can look um at news articles about work that they've done um especially if it's like a well-known organization a big firm you know all those fun jazz all those fun jazz my english is really englishing this evening um, okay, the last thing chat GPT said so to talk about in terms of cover letters is discuss common mistakes to avoid in a cover letter for a legal internship. Quadruple check that you change the name of the place you're applying for on the cover letter. So like I said, you might use the same like baseline form of a cover letter every time. Make sure you change that name. If you send a cover letter that has a different place's name, then you're like, like if they notice, you're like, oh my God, really? Like they couldn't even do that because... If you work for them, the details matter in the work that you do. So if you can't even do it on your cover letter, like, well, that's concerning. Um, And I will say, if you do accidentally send the wrong, like if you didn't change it, like probably email them right away and be like, oh, I'm so sorry, I attached the wrong cover letter. And hopefully they did not read that first one. Like, don't just be like, oh, I hope they don't notice. Like email right away, be like, I'm sorry, I attached the wrong cover letter. Send the new one, maybe change a few things so it's not the same um, and fix it. Okay, so please don't do that. That's the number one. Spelling and grammar, because again, like those are things that will matter in the work you do for them. So the cover letter is also almost like a preview of your writing skills. They might also ask for um, a writing sample. That's really common for legal internships. But the cover letter itself is also a demonstration of your writing skills. So, um, you know, all the basics, those things. So make sure you write the right name, address it to the correct person. Um, And yeah, and... Otherwise, like, just really personalize it and tailor it to the place you're applying to show that it's not just you're sending the exact same thing to everyone. Now, if you do that sometimes, I understand it happens sometimes because you just, like, need to get the cover letters out. Like, you might get in a funk. You just need to get them out. But whenever possible, tailor it to the place you're applying. Okay, well, that's all I have about cover letters. So let's jump into resumes. Okay, as titled by ChatGPT, part two of this episode is called Crafting a Compelling Legal Internship Resume. I don't even really know what this is going to be. I don't remember. I read this when the outline was created, but I forget. So, 
part one of this section will be, I'm going to explain the difference between a legal internship resume and a traditional professional resume. Okay, we talked about this a bit. Um, it's just that like the formatting might be different and on here like you're going to have like certain things emphasized from school um, and certain experiences emphasized where like on a normal professional resume you might not have as many things from school because they might not know what you're talking about even like if you're like talking about different journals and stuff you were on they might be like what what's he talking about what's that matter um so the formatting too though so check with your career services they probably have an example i know we have one on like our career services website you can find examples of legal internship like law school resumes online um it's largely the same as any other professional resume you've had before but um there are just certain specific like categories that you'll have so my professor sweet sweet man love him i asked him for a recommendation letter for a program applying to the study abroad the other day so um and i'd sent him my resume and he said can i give you some unsolicited resume advice and i said please do like it's solicited i am asking for it now so um he tore my resume apart from me um maybe i'll post a picture of all the writing that i have on it from him walking through it with me but so i've got to i've got to fix this tomorrow and like apply to this job i've been wanting to apply to i just like have not had the brain power but tomorrow is thursday so i do not have class on friday so i have no excuse not to do this when i'm done with the day tomorrow like done with the class day um and i'm gonna stay at school all day tomorrow because i have to run a ta session too but anyway back to the resume i got distracted as we knew i would but so i'm just gonna tell you the different like sections i have on here so you get an idea of what it is so at the top you're gonna have your name your address um your phone number your email so all your contact info then the first section on a legal resume law student resume is going to be your education so most recent always goes first on a resume in every section so you'll have your law school and in that you'll have the school <laughs> you'll have um jd candidate juris doctor candidate and the month and year that you are supposed to be graduating then you will have your gpa and then you'll have a section called honors where um on there i have like my scholarship because it's an academic one I have my teaching assistant position and I have my staff editor position on the journal that I'm on. Um, but that could be other honors that you've gotten to if you've gotten any, um, like, I don't know, like honors, if your school does like honors list or something, dean's list, I don't know. But um, there are other things that will go on honors. Again, like an example that you find from your career services will probably tell you what would go on there. Then you have experiential. So for that, like I put the intra-school negotiation competition I did last year. I did the lawyering in DC winter program because those are like experiential things that I've done at school that weren't classes, but they were programs that I did. Technically the lawyering in DC was a class, um, but so that was an experience though. Like it was an experiential class. It wasn't just like a in the classroom. I wonder if that counts towards my experiential credits. Sorry, I'm just thinking out loud here. It's only one credit, but I wonder if it's experiential or academic. Anyway, um, and then you have activities. That'll be like any clubs that you're in. If you are, um, if you're on the executive board for any of those, or if you're a rep for one of them, it's like I'm the social media manager for the Student Animal Legal Defense Fund. My professor said, I don't know what SALDEF is, so I'm spelling that out now. And then I'm in a women's law initiative. Um, so you'll just write on there any activities you do, any clubs you're a part of. And then 
after that, there might be another category that you may have there. Maybe like awards if you've gotten any awards at school, but I feel like that could also go under honors if you don't have room for both. Um, but awards could also be there. Then you have your undergrad school, um, or if you have a master's or something, if you did that first. And again, you'll have what your degree was, so Bachelor of Arts for me. If you were summa cum laude, which I was, you put that on there because that'll stand out. Um, so Bachelor of Arts, summa cum laude in sociology, minor in philosophy, May 2020. And then you'll have your GPA. You will have your honors things against, like I was high honors six semesters, which um, some schools call that dean's list, I think, but my school just called it high honors. So it depends on the school. And then like I, um, sociology departmental honors, Phi Beta Kappa, Kappa Gamma Pi, so different um, organizations you were in because of like your grades. Um, because of your academic success, those would go under honors as well. So like if you were in, like we've got, oh, what's it called? We've got some honors program for like the business, for business law that you could have applied to. I don't remember what it's called. So we've got some different programs like that that you could have applied to um, for law school and those would go under honors too. And then again, activities like um, the pre-law fraternity I was in, the sorority I was in, and that's where I have Mulvaney Center CASA. Um, which is what I talk about in my cover letter, which we discussed before. And then after that, you're going to have your experience. And that's where you're going to put like internships, volunteer positions, um, and other things. And then at the bottom, you might have a skills thing, like maybe you're bilingual or you have some other special skill, um, or you might have interests. And then another section you might have that I don't have is, um, Oh, what's the other one? Or you could just have other, my professors told me, because I was trying to figure out where to put my podcast because I had had it under experience, but then um, I didn't have space, so I moved it down, and my friend was like, put it in interest slash skills, but my professor was like, just call it other, otherwise it seems like you only have one interest or skill. So if you're going to have an area that says interest or skills, don't put one thing there. So if it's only one thing, maybe write other. <laughs> he was like, because it looks like you don't have any other interests or skills. I was like, I do. I promise I do. So he told me to get rid of that. But um, for each of the experiences that you have, though, you're going to put the title um, of where you worked and comma and then the city that it was in or or the country even city, country. Like one of my externships was a remote externship, but it was technically located in Guam. And then on the next line, you'll put what your position was and when you worked there. So like the month, month and year to month and year, and it could be to present. Um, and then you'll put a little description, usually like two lines there, maybe three if you did a lot of different things or if it's like a current position um, or it really is important for some reason for the job you're applying for. But generally most of mine are about two lines, it looks like other than some that I'm like cutting out a bit on. So that's what I have for like the different sections on a resume. Um, that's what I have on mine and that's what they recommend. So those are the key sections. Oh, I didn't even realize those next on the list from ChatGPT discuss the key sections to include in a legal internship resume, such as education, experience, skills, and activities. Um, yes, yeah, so skills, interests, uh, and we talked about activities underneath the different schools. Um, and then provide tips for highlighting relevant experience and achievements such as coursework, extracurricular activities, and prior legal internships or clerkships. So I kind of talked through that. So any legal internships or clerkships would go under experience. Um, and you may want to gear your resume to the specific internship that you're applying to. So like I'm applying to um, immigration positions. So I wanted to 
like where possible where I've had like immigration experience I want to like emphasize that if I can because then it just stands out that you've had that experience so there's a specific skill that you've worked learned at a position that you were in or something make sure you highlight that in the description of that experience because that'll just help you if they're like oh you've done this before okay really useful or even like you've been exposed to this before um but I did have exposed to what I say expo- conducted intakes exposure to UC USCIS communications and my professor said mm, that's not really impressive and I said okay <laughs> and I took out the sentence um but if it's something that's like really relevant like maybe you handled like maybe if I had done like I wrote like l- appeals to um USCIS or something you know like if it's something specific like that definitely emphasize that that can be really useful um and then in terms of coursework that can go under experiential like I discussed um where I put like my lawyering in DC winter program but you can also have a section in there called relevant coursework that could go under education and then you could put the classes that you took that pertain to what job you're applying to but that'll also be reflected in your transcript if they ask for a copy of your transcript but maybe if they don't then maybe you want to put a section on your resume for that application that says relevant courseworks they can see what you've done so I actually have to look at that for the internship I'm applying for I think it did need a transcript but if not I would maybe want to put immigration law in there um legal writing not evidence yeah probably those two and then the civil litigation clinic um but so those are things that you would want to highlight and then we already discussed how to format and structure the resume to make it easy for the reader to scan and find the most important information so the order that we're having it in we're going to put the places that we worked in bold letters one size bigger and then i have my positions that i've worked in italics that stands out and then everything else is just normal font and under education the different um sections like gpa honors experiential activities those i also all have italics and then the big section titles of education and experience i have in bold caps underline so you want to make it easy to follow so they're not like oh this is just a big mess of words on paper like make it really easy to follow because you want them to follow it easily and like learn about you and then want to invite you for an interview um so that's all i have for you on resumes so now as chat gpt recommended we do next we are going to put it all together discuss how to integrate the cover letter and resume to create a cohesive application package so this goes into what i talked about earlier so you have your resume and you might have things on here that are like impressive but you want to expand on them because you only get like two lines to write about it or like for me the mulvaney center casa not even a line it's three words so i am able to expand on that in my cover letter so you want them to tie together you don't want them to be like oh she's got these things she's talking about something totally random on here what does that have to do with anything so just make sure it's all tied together you know you want your resume to reflect what's important which is exactly what you want your cover letter to do next one provide examples of successful cover letters and resume combinations for legal internships i'm like i said if you want to see examples of resumes i've used and cover letters i've used you can ask but i'm not just going to post those but if you if you personally would like an example i will share that with you just send me a message on instagram or um you can email us legallynycpodcast at gmail.com and i will happily give you an example um 
discuss the role of the application essay and how it complements the cover letter and resume. We're not talking about application essays today because so ChatGPT failed on that one. We're simply talking about cover letters and resumes. Okay, next, provide tips for reviewing and editing the final application package. So as I said earlier, you wanna check for typos, you wanna check for grammar, you wanna make sure you've got the correct place address to it. Um, so for reviewing and editing the final application package, just review, review, review. Um, you can use word check, you can use Grammarly, something like that for like little spelling things, but make sure you're reading it and it always is nice to have like a friend look at it for you and be like, oh yeah, that looks good. Like my professor tore my resume up for me. Um, so it can always be good to have someone else look at it, especially if you're like, I don't know if this is getting across the point that I want. Have someone read your cover letter and be like, what did you get about me? What'd you learn about me? Um, or even reading it out loud can be helpful. So that is tying it all together. So to conclude for this episode, we have a recap of the key points covered in the podcast today. So we talked about the importance of cover letters, which is kind of expanding on something from your resume or like bringing in something that you weren't able to really talk about on your resume. The importance of having a good resume. You want it to be clear. The skills that you have, what you've learned, what you've done, you want to make it clear and obvious so that they're like, yes, it's obvious why she's a good fit for this job. In the cover letter, also going back to that, you want to emphasize why you want to work in this specific role and why you would be good at it. Beautiful things. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Um, emphasize the importance of creating a well-crafted cover letter and resume for summer legal internships. This is how they decide if they want to invite you for an interview. So I say all the time, I am great at interviews. Blow them away. No, I really am really good at interviews. But I found that law school interviews are more competitive like illegal internships are more competitive than ones I've done before, even ones that are like at smaller places. So you really want to blow them away. But even if you're good at interviews, like you have to be impressive on paper. And if maybe you're like, oh, my GPA is not that impressive or something, like that's when a cover letter can really give you that little boost. So that's why a good cover letter can be really important to make you stand out if you don't stand out in other ways from experiences you've had or like maybe you're not top of your class. I'm not, no shame. We can't all be top of our class. <laughs> and um, so that's why it's important because that's how they decide if they're going to interview you. It's based on the application package you send, which is generally a cover letter, resume, transcript, maybe um, a writing sample. Um, encourage listeners to seek additional resources and guidance as they prepare their applications, such as career services and mentorship programs. I did discuss this many times. Career services generally has examples on their website. You can also generally send your resume and your cover letters to your career service advisor um, and they'll generally review it for you as long as you give them like 48 hours before it's due or before you want to send it um, or you can have a friend send it or there's things like there's different places online you can uh, hire someone to read it for you you can ask a friend to read it for you you know um, and career services will often have different like programs you can go to to learn about how to write a good cover letter how to do this so Take advantage of that stuff. At the very least, you could have your career service advisor um, proofread it for you, if need be. So definitely do that. Um, the last thing, highlight the potential benefits of a legal internship, such as gaining valuable experience, making connections in the legal community, and building a strong foundation for a legal career. Yeah, so um, law school is law school, and you learn about the law, but you don't actually know how to be a lawyer until you've worked. So your legal internships and externships 
are how you actually learn what it means to be a lawyer. They're also how you narrow down and figure out what type of law you want to practice. You don't graduate and you're like, yeah, I've always wanted to be an entertainment lawyer. And then you get a big job in entertainment law because maybe you had the good grades and this and that. And then first off, you don't know what you're doing because you've never had experience in a real legal job before. And two, you realize you hate it because you've never worked in that field before. So it can help you figure out what you want to do, like what type of law you want to practice. It can help you figure out what type of legal job you want. Like maybe you don't even want to be like a practicing attorney typically. Like maybe you want to do something in politics. You never know. You never know. Or maybe you do know. Um, So you want to do that to help you figure those things out. So narrow down and see what it really means to work in the legal field and not just learn about it in like textbooks because that's not realistic of what you do in the real world so that's the valuable experience and then you do make connections because legal communities are kind of like tight especially if you're in a niche area of law it's like a lot of people know each other in a big city even like I find that there's a lot of overlap with people knowing each other at different places so it's really helpful to um, make those connections because they could help connect you to someone else in the future and you could help them out. So you want to be able to help each other out. And then building a strong foundation for a legal career. Again, this is just you learning what it means to really be an attorney. So you've got the internship experience and then like a first year you'll be like, I've kind of done stuff like this before. So that's it. That's the importance. And um, that's the episode I have for you today. I'm so sleepy. I'm going to wait for this episode to mix. I'm going to go take a shower while it mixes, then I'm going to post it, and I'm going to go to bed. Um, So good night, you all, or good morning if you're listening in the morning. Good afternoon. Love you all. And I'll talk to you next week. And we have a guest on for the last episode of the month. That's in, what, two weeks? Um, Oh, no, that is next week because February is short. So guest episode will be out next Thursday. Yes, I'm recording it this Friday. Um, So love you all. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye.